Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Good spot there. Extended spot with uh, John Sassenti from the Las Vegas Bowl. Big deal for the state in terms of uh, tax revenue and tourism. and It's going to be a hell of a matchup, SEC against the Pac-12. And man, oh man, I guess you got to root for Alabama to lose. Another loss, and all of a sudden they could be squarely in the mix for the Las Vegas Bowl. That would be a dream. It would be huge. It would be huge, and just in terms of the exposure all around, the you know, I mean, the magnitude of bringing Alabama to Las Vegas for the Vegas Bowl would be tremendous. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number four. Well, this week's been a big week for fake stories. Where are they coming from? Twitter. Thanks, Elon. You could pay eight bucks and get a blue check mark. Well, I mean, the fake accounts that reported a couple of stories didn't have the blue check mark, but the point is, I guess you could get it down the road. I, what are you did they? About? Yes. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. We were we were at lunch yesterday uh, during the break, right? When after we watched the the availability and. There was an Adam Schefter tweet that Josh McDaniels had been fired by a verified account. So now you become so accustomed to looking at, you look for the blue check mark. You see the name, you look for the blue check mark. You're not actually looking at the at name. So it was myself, Adam Hill, Ed Graney, Paul Gutierrez, and, and Ed goes, uh oh, are you kidding me? And we were at, because we were at lunch. And he goes, oh, no, no, forget it. It's not. But it was a verified account, and it was Adam Schefter not was the at name, but it was a verified check. The thing is, all these people that are paying for that one-time thrill, they're suspending the account. So if you're getting off on having, spending the eight bucks, I mean, it's like, I, I brought it up to one of the guys at the table. I was like, so in reality, you could get verified for, you pay your $8 fee, and then throw something out there just to get a rise out of some people and, and laugh about it, and then turn around within 24 hours and sort of, uh, can't think of the word now, but you 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 renege on on the the charge, a chargeback. You do a chargeback, and it pulls the charge within, so you, so you get your eight bucks back. So what were the fake stories? Uh, LeBron wanting to leave the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Josh McDaniels being fired as coach of the I Raiders. I see that a lot. A lot of people. Aroldis Chapman uh, sticking with the New York Yankees. Connor McDavid. There was a tweet from quote unquote from Connor McDavid. Verified check mark that he had been traded to the Edmonton Oilers to the New York Islanders, thanking everybody. <laughs> so yeah, no, they were verified accounts, but they were fi- so not no. Forget about fake Twitter accounts. Now that we got fake verified accounts, hasn't everyone learned by now in social media that if there's a shocking story that comes across, you have to double check, At this check point, another source, well, slow down. Well, well, the thing is, when we see that. And we've seen things like that, and it and you, you raises your eyebrow. You're immediately looking for the verified check mark. Then you're looking at the at name. Well, in this case, now, like I said, the very first thing you're looking at is the verified check mark. And then you want to see, well, who is the verified check mark? Because there are some verified accounts where they're not with a big media outlet, or where how did they get there? Or maybe they were with somebody that, that that verified them in the first place. They never had to change their at name, so they got to stay verified. And now they're just, you know. Throwing stuff out there to get clicks, clickbait. But with this, it's it's ridiculous. I even told them, I said, I, you know, I've never been verified. You know what? I would never, ever. I, I'm either going to earn it or not. I, I mean, at this point, I don't want it. 
number three. So there's a lot of people in the Las Vegas market who don't understand why Sabres fans will give it to Jack Eichel again today. You know, the way they look at it is, ah, you know, there was an argument over the injury and the Sabres wanted one thing, Eichel wanted another. Why do they hate Jack Eichel? Well, Sal Capaccio covers the Sabres and the Bills and works for WGR, was on with us yesterday. And, you know, he explained that Eichel kind of brought more of this on because of his behavior after the game last year up there. After that happened, he was a baby about it, basically. He came out. He didn't even want to talk to the media. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, Jack Eichel just got here. Then he went out and said, oh, the building was never that loud when I was here. Maybe they missed me or something like that. It was just, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about with the culture and the fit. He was never a leader. And maybe he's a leader now. And maybe he's grown up a little bit being around the people he's there. And it just was never the fit here. So I can guarantee you, after that, like, it would have went away. If Jack would have came out after that game and said, hey, you know what? It was great coming back. The organization... You know, things didn't work out, but this is what happens in sports. But he didn't do that. He, he acted like a baby after the game, and that made it worse. So, yeah, the Sabres win last year. And, you know, as I was talking to Sal yesterday, I'm like, man, Willie needs to be here because I know there was a story behind the story. I could not remember what happened. Wasn't there some sort of snafu and miscommunication about Eichel's availability that I know others in the organization got all pissed off? Because what happened? There was a 100% miscommunication. That And it did not start with Jack Eichel. Was he upset and hurt that the way that they treated him and booed? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. He's never denied that. That that bothered him. I mean, who? how does it not bother anybody when you get booed like that? The way that he was ta- spoken to, yelled at, booed, hissed. Um, but there... And I'm not about to throw names under the bus, but there were there were there were parts of the Golden Knight staff where they weren't going to make him available. Yeah, so the organ that's you know when I was talking to Sal, I'm like, I thought it was an organizational thing that at first they didn't want to make him available. And then what did Eichel insist on it? No. Somebody else insisted on it. Okay. And then, so there was an argument internally. Somewhat. There was there was a higher up that said, No, 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 no. And so they went and got it. But then the thing is, is there were Buffalo media yelling at a former employee of the right, Golden Knights, right. yelling down the hallway during in the middle right. of the media tunnel or whatever it was, yeah. wherever the availability uh, area. This is come on, you know better. Da, 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 da. Yes, of course it makes sense, but you're attacking, and there's more, there's so much more to it when it comes to this organization, and it was really unfair to a lot of people that were involved. Now, is Sal right? One hundred percent. He should have came out, answered. But the thing is. You knew what was going to come up. You knew what was at stake. You knew. I mean, there was there was so much. The media had already berated this guy. That was one of the things that he and I talked about at training day one of training camp this season. You and Jack Eichel. Me and Jack Eichel after the recorder went off. And he was like, you know what? I because I said, hey, I I, I really want to. I'm looking forward to covering you for the entire season and being around because you hear all these stories when you arrive. You know, and 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 I will never use that word. What they call people, you know. This is a this in the locker room because I think it's unfair to people that are suffering from that disease. But the bottom line is they used this phrase about him, and I thought it was unfair because – and I told him that, and he was like, yeah, you know what? When when I was playing with a broken hand, I think he had or a wrist, something. When I was playing hurt, they loved me. The media loved me. The fans loved me. They cheered for me. When I wanted to get the surgery I wanted for me that was best for me, all of a sudden I was the bad guy. Right. And I was – this, you know, a bad the bad apple in the locker room. So the media, in his eyes, turned on him. Well, 
you you know things become tenuous and then all of a sudden it's it it becomes very very strained the relationships that you have with media members and fans and so on and so forth so it got bad the bottom line is is it was a fantastic move for everybody involved for buffalo for the the media there for uh jack eichel a new environment now he's with this club. He could have went, to be honest with you, he probably could have went anywhere and it would have been better just because he needed a new place to be, a better environment. Number two. Colts come to town. Traveling circus. Jim Irsay is a whack job. Jeff Saturday. Yeah, the guy who was tweeting last week about how sucky the Raiders offense was as a medium member. Jeff Saturday is the head coach and Listen, I have no idea if he could be a good coach down the road. The way this was done is ridiculous. It's insulting to people in the coaching profession. When you mentioned that the last time something happened was Norm Van Brocklin. That's crazy. That was 60-plus years ago. It was 1961, the last time someone just got you know pulled from nowhere with no coaching experience to coach in the National Football League. Well, Saturday's heard all this, and instead of just be a pro, stay composed, he tries to give, like, some motivational speech and start, don't punch down. When you're in the NFL as a coach, never punch down, Jeff Saturday. I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football, and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about are you as qualified as somebody else, bro. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to playoffs 12 times. I had I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, one Super Bowl's been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. All right. He's not going to back down. Clearly, he wasn't going to back down when he was offered. He probably should have backed down out of respect for the rest of the coaching fraternity. I mean, the sports world is littered with guys who played 14 years and were in the playoffs 12 times. It doesn't mean you can coach. And it doesn't mean that in five days you're going to convince the coaches under you and, more importantly, the players, that you're legit. That's the tough part. Yeah, we know who you are. You go back to a great era, no one, like, disrespects your playing ability, but being a coach is a whole different thing. I, uh, I I don't know what to expect, Steve. I really don't. I like I, I don't know. I'm almost. It's almost like I'm expecting. There's a part of me that's really, and this is going to sound like I'm going way out here, right? I'm embellishing, obviously, but it's like I'm picturing sitting up at the press box, looking down and watching the Raiders on defense, and then watching the the, the Colts snap the ball, and all of a sudden it's like the old electronic football game from this the '70s when we tried to make them go always go forward. And they're just going in circles. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Obviously, they're not going to do that. But my point is, is like, how lost is this team going to look compared to what they re- already you know, looked? Honestly, they really shouldn't. If and, he does what he should do, which is listen the entire game, watch, motivate, you know, whatever the eight, ten times you need to, and let your coordinators do the job. Now, the problem is Parks Frazier has never been a coordinator of the OC. They just named him. But Gus Bradley is an experienced guy. Fox is there as an advisor. So, dude, motivate and then listen and watch. Best thing so, do not do. be overbearing. Best thing he could do. And one of the things that I'll never forget that Mike Tomlin, when he first took over the Steelers, this is what completely, I mean, it was one of the very first things he said is because they, they asked him which coordinator goes in the booth and which, and he goes, I want them both 
next to me. Because when I talk to them, I want to look at them in their face. I want to see their mannerisms. I want to see their eyes. I want to feel their vibe. I want to know why they're saying what they're saying. Yeah. That's why Tomlin has had success. Well, and, in this case, what if both guys are like, yeah, that's not my deal. I got to be upstairs. You're the coach. You're the head coach. You're the boss. So what would your decision be? No, no, no. You're down on the field. Um, that wouldn't be my decision. If someone tells me that they're comfortable working a certain way and this is the way they're used to doing it, okay, well, then, yeah, you go do that. Not, not if it's going to make him comfortable. Not if it's going to make – for the first game, you're asking me, this game right off the bat, yeah. if Jeff Saturday, if that's what he wants to make him feel comfortable, no. I that's not about it. making him comfortable. Okay, well. He, this is about making everyone else comfortable. What are you, nuts? No, I'm not. I'm not nuts. That's because you come run the show with me down here. Uh, that's, that's crazy. No. By the way, uh, real quick, John Wyro, AP Buffalo. That buzz that was in Buffalo the last time Eichel came to town in March is most definitely not here. Sure, he got a few boos while coming out on the ice, but this crowd is minuscule and more underway. Number one. We'll have to carry this over to uh, later in the hour, but I got to tell you, the stuff that's happened this week with the Raiders is in just pure insanity. Waller now on IR. Renfro on IR. And now we're getting the narrative, you know, from Devontae Adams. You know, he he has expectations. Hey, I'm I'm here to get the ball. I don't have a problem with that. But the other one, the QB wide receiver combo from Fresno State needs to find some chemistry and get on the same page. I never thought we'd be talking about this in week ten. It's it's crazy. The Big Four Force presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. In Reno and Las Vegas, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. That was a funny moment during the break. I wish people could have seen that. I'm not even sure that Angel, who's running the show, saw it. That was hilarious. So I was listening to our update, which we get locally here in Las Vegas, and it just it hit me again as... Our update guy, Doug, was going through the injuries, the IR list for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And it's Waller, and then it's Renfro, and then it's Blake Martinez, who just got forced into playing time at, you know, after being signed a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, reserve, retired list. And I just, I was looking at you like, are you asking me on this? Is this really happening? And then you looked up and you had a look on your face like, why are you looking at me? What did I do wrong? It wasn't, it wasn't you. Just like, this is lunacy. I want to talk some boxing. We'll continue on the Raiders. What a what a crazy week. We've got a team coming into town with a guy who was working on ESPN last week. And if you're breaking down the teams, you're like, the Raiders are more of a crazy show. What? It's nuts. Bernardo Asuna works for ESPN. We got a top rank card in town. Palms. Bernardo's up with Steven Willie. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. So you're, tell, you're telling me that I'm here for the fight, but if I stick around on Sunday, I might get some playing time with the Raiders? It's possible. I don't know who's going to be left. <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, can, I, I can do Renfro. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm 5'8 five, I'm five, and a half, you know. Fucking, there you go. Fuck and a half. I, I think I could, I could do Renfro for, for a weekend. This is nuts. I know you follow football, too, uh, you know, and, and the, the Raiders are, are freaking massive. In L.A., this season for us here and for the Raiders themselves, I mean, I I never expected any of this. I mean, I can't believe how weird this whole season has been. 
Yeah, I mean, I grew up in L.A., so I'm a Raider fan since the, you know, Jim Plunkett, Howie Long days. So I, I, I've been through the more, more downs than ups, to be honest. This is a weird one, too. I mean, the, I don't even, what would be the comparison in boxing to Jeff Saturday becoming a coach? Like, you, like Bernardo, do you just want to train one of the fighters this weekend on, like, a day's notice? You know what I, What did happen? I, I called a broadcast, and this is a, a real story that happened to me. Um, Isidro Chino Garcia is in the stands eating a hot dog, and they need a fighter to fight for a world title. They grab him from the stands. He oh borrows a mouthpiece, borrows shorts, boxing shoes. He jumps in, and he becomes a world champion that day. So anything is possible in, in boxing, and, and anything is possible in football, apparently. Yeah, and by the way, I'll walk that back a little bit. I mean, obviously, you you uh, you're not a former professional boxer unless I, I miss something. I mean, Jeff Saturday did play in the NFL, so um, so let's talk about the card this weekend. First of all, tell people who Janabek is. Is uh, Aleem Hanouli? Is that how you say his last name? Because I want I know we're just going with Janabek, but tell people who he is. Because I mean, this guy is a quick riser. He's got a really decorated history, an Olympian, and could be a megastar here at 160. Yeah, for right now, he's a boogeyman at 160 pounds. You know, he's a southpaw counterpuncher who can get really aggressive. He's only got 12 pro fights, but as you mentioned, an extensive amateur career. He's still proving that he belongs at the elite level because he's only had 12 pro fights. But, you know, he's efficient. He's accurate. He sets up his offense behind his feints and, and a stick that is, you know, as devastating a jab as there is in the game. And uh, he's facing his second British opponent after becoming world champion against Danny Dignam last time out at the Resorts World on May 21st with a vicious uppercut knockout. So this guy can crack, and, and he's fearless, and, and he's must-watch TV in, in Janabek Alamkanada. And who's his opponent? Talk about a, you know, a British middleweight champion. He's got an awesome record with, what, 17 wins and 14 KOs. Yeah, so he just won uh, the vacant British title against Linus Adolfia in May, and then he stopped Marcus Morrison by knockout in the fourth round in a back-and-forth affair where both guys were hurt. So, you know, he's got a vicious right hand as well. And the key to beating a southpaw like Janovic is the right hand. So we'll see if Denzel Bentley has the good uh, to pull off the upset here against Janovic, um, who is from Kazakhstan, and, and he's as tough as nails. And uh, this guy, he's really going to put Bentley to the test. They call Bentley too sharp, but he's going to have to be sharper than sharp to beat Janovic. For the longest time, this division we've we've talked about right Triple G. This is this is, has been the face of this division. Does does Janabek have what it is? Do you see the long term? Is he is he setting up nicely to to sort of become the face of the middleweight? He can be. He doesn't have the personality that Triple G had. Um, you know, Triple G's English is not great, but he made the effort to. Learn just enough words to, like, the big drama show was his, his big introduction on HBO to the world where, you know, they, they start to understand what he was about, and then it was the Mexican style. And, and kind of to, to play off of that, Jonathan Beck's like, look, don't compare me to Triple G. I'm my own man, and I'm Kazakh style. And what you're going to see with Kazakh style is the best of the Mexican style, the best of the American style, the best of the Olympic style, because Kazakhstan has had uh, an illustrious, um, you know, Olympic record of late, and so he's like, you put that all together, and that's what you're getting with me, and you add Buddy McGirt in my corner, uh, who, who's a former world champion, and, and you have a very complete fighter who is fearless in the ring and, and likes to bring the pressure. 
You, yeah, and you talk about the personality as far as like that little, that somewhat confidence, right, to bring forth. But this is a guy who has gone on Twitter. He's gone to social media platforms, and he's called out other fighters. Twelve fights into his career, he's definitely got. No, well, he's shown the nads that he has no problem in calling some people out. So I mean, at least he's he he's right up there, and it could be from that pedigree that Buddy McGirt brings to his corner because you know Buddy. <laughs> But he was a brash guy, and he was really good. And it's, I mean, you know, he brings he brings some history. Yeah, absolutely. When, when it comes to Buddy McGirt, he's not one to baby his guys. He's one to say, all right, do you have the goods or not? Because I don't want to waste my time either. So he understands that John Avec, you know, age 29, he's got to take these fights. He's got to take these risks, risks because time is finite, especially when it comes to a boxing career. So you got to strike while the iron is hot. Demetrius Bubu Andre wanted nothing to do with Janovic because he's high risk, low reward in terms of making money as of right now. So he decided to vacate the WBO belt and was supposed to fight for the WBO 168 pound title and ended up not even doing that. So that's why they say that Janovic is a new boogeyman, the guy that's going to be hard to find fights for. And that's why he's fighting his second British opponent in a row because it's not like guys are lining up to want to fight him. Big boxing card in town. At the Palms, you can get your tickets at palms.com. If you can't get out to the fight, you can watch uh, Bernardo Osuna on the call with uh, Timothy Bradley on ESPN+. Plus. You know, we got tickets right now. Let's give away two tickets right now on the phones, 364-1100. Caller 7, Ari's going to hook you up with tickets to the big fight this weekend, 364-1100. Just to follow up on what, what Willie was saying about the urgency, and like you said, he's 29 years old. There is a fine line line in this case, though, like, how soon is too soon for a guy who's got 12 fights under his belt to step up big time? You're taking a risk there if you don't feel like you're seasoned enough. Yeah. So where's the yeah, line I mean, look, Where's I, the I, line for you? Where's the line for McGirt? Like, you don't want to accelerate him too quick. Yeah, but he's, he's 29 years old. He's got the amateur pedigree, which really helps him. You know, he had 300 amateur fights, and he lost only six of those, so... When you look at that, you know, a lot of guys are, are going to tell you, okay, amateur career doesn't matter. But when you're able to transition, and I think that's the difference. When you get amateurs who are, you know, pity-pat fighters who just, you know, score points by touching you up, that's different. This guy's been turning his punches since he was an amateur. So his amateur pedigree really just kind of played into an extension of what he is now as a pro. And that's why I think there's so much confidence in looking for those big fights for John Beck because – um, that, that's what people expect from him is, you know, you want to you wanna make him a big name, but it's going to be tough to find those fights for him, even though he's willing and Buddy's willing to put him out there. The other big fight on the card is a female fight? Absolutely. Sanisa Estrada, who's 22-0, she's a two-division champion. She's a number, one, number seven, actually, pound-for-pound pound female on ESPN and Ring Magazine. Um, she had a big 2021 where she won a 105-pound minimum weight champion, then moved up on her next fight and won the 108-pound champion, the light flyweight title, then moved back down uh, to defend it at the end of the year in December. But she was with Golden Boy at the time, and, you know, they had trouble coming to terms in terms of a contract, so she signed with top rank and making her ESPN debut in her 23rd fight, and she'll be taking on Jasmine Villarino, who's from... Argentina making her U.S. debut. Her, her last two fights happened in Colombia and Mexico, and, and she's going to bring the heat. She's a fighter who, who likes the pressure, who, who likes to engage. So Tanisha Estrada is going to have a tough test in her first 
fight on, on ESPN, but she's the goods. She is as exciting as they come. And you talk about the little guys in, in boxing, how active they are, you know, the light flyweights and the flyweights. Well, her punch output on a two-minute round rivals what men do in three minutes. So that's the type of oh, action wow. you can expect from Denise Estrada. Looking forward to it. Full card over at the Palms, and Bernardo's on the call on ESPN+. Plus. We appreciate a couple minutes. Thanks for uh, stepping in with us. All right, my pleasure. And just hit me up if uh, the Raiders need a, a wideout on Sunday. <laughs> I think by week 16, you're going to be in need. So, or they're going to be in need. You'll be needed. Thanks, Bernardo. Take care. There he is, Bernardo Asuna. By the way, I so wanted to transition, and lucky for you, we're up against it. I so wanted to transition from this professional fight card with high-level competitors to some Jake Paul talk. Ugh. I didn't bring it up last week with you. I didn't bring it up with anybody. Dude, I watched Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. I got a lot to say. Oh, boy. I got a lot to say. It was a good fight. Okay. It was. I believe. I know you think it's a total clown show. No, well, it's it's The dude's slow. actually good enough yeah, he's, to be representative, I and mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's beaten 48-year-olds, but he's not an absolute joke. I never said It's a weird way to say it, right? He's not an absolute he joke. He was a joke. It's the... It's everything at the time that we talked about it and you put me you put me on the spot then it was yeah I thought it was gimmicky but I mean it, the, the whole thing him I mean he's taking it serious Golden Knights are up one nothing by the way Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company we're on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas Hell no. no. I gave him $150 million. You're going to take that hurt. I'm not about to let you go over there and eat sunflower seeds while we go out there and get our ass kicked. And we paying you more money than anybody else. No, we paid you $50 million. You're going to go out there. You're going to take this hurt. You're going to let it sting a little bit. I bet you have your ass in OTAs next year. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Bart Scott, part of our New York Sports Talk block that we have from uh, 10 a.a. to uh, 3p right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, Bart and Han, Willie, Cofield, Silver Sevens on a Thursday. We got VGK hockey going down right now. One nothing, Willie? One nothing. One nothing. Chandler Stevenson gets on the board off a rebound. Jonathan Marchand with the one-timer. Karam's off to Stevenson. Stevenson beats Comrie. The highlight of the night, of course, in Buffalo so far. Eichel with a breakaway. Shows his defensive skills. Breaks away in. And Comrie flashes the glove. And Buffalo crowd goes crazy. And the Jack U suck chants rain down. We know he doesn't, but. They don't like the man. No. They don't like the man. You know, we talked about it yesterday. You knew the crowd was going to be surly. One, because Eichel's back. Two, because Josh Allen could go down at any point and the Bills season could be ruined. And the Bills are a big part of what Buffalo is. So I'd be, be a little angry right now. Well, they got the a little Rap- angry. They could cheer for the Toronto Raptors. Take out your frustration. Cheer for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, we got a winner on our top-ranked boxing tickets. Let's qualify another person for Crazy Horse 3, the silver and black after party right across the street from the Al. Walk across. Got a local license. Or you can show your ticket. You get in for free. We're going to get you in for free with a VIP pack. You and friends get a table, and you get some drinks. Ari's going to hook you up, 364-1100, 364-1100, caller number seven. And if you don't go, 
on Sunday. You can go anytime now up until the 30th, and they're doing a canned food drive benefiting the Angels of Las Vegas. You donate a minimum of three non-perishable canned goods, and you get a free drink at Crazy Horse 3 on Russell right across the street from the Owl. Nice. You're fired up. What do you got? No, I'm going to save it for Brad Powers. Okay. I was going to tell you why Buffalo should, but the city of Buffalo should really be bad. So, I'm starting to feel the holidays a little bit. Are you? I am. I was, I was going to decorate the other day. We talked about this. We have talked about it, and I still haven't decorated. All the stuff is down in the garage, and I haven't started. I got to get to it. I was going to do it. I. I, Last week I had a, uh, I had a really long free day, and then I was going to do, uh, and then I end up having a sushi night, and then I really don't want to hear excuses. They're not really excuses. I'm no, just I don't want to hear excuses. Just do it. And I want you to say every time we see each other, and I haven't decorated, I want you to give me the same treatment. Just simply get to it. There's no, there's no. You reason. really have. You really have. Put no, on you Carey. have. Get in the mood and decorate for the holidays. Mariah Carey will have me decorating for the 4th of July because she does not put me in the mood for Christmas. What's going on? I am not. I do not need to hear. Like people say, you think of Christmas? You think of Mariah. No, I don't. I do not want to hear that song. I am not looking forward to hearing that song. It is not the theme to Christmas. I would rather hear some Burl Ives, some old frosty cartoons. world. I agree. But it's not. Like, it, like people, oh, that's the greatest Christmas, and then all of a sudden her CD's great. First of all, the Christmas interpretations by Boys to Men far exceeds, far exceeds Mariah Carey's. I didn't expect that. Good for you. Yeah, no. That's a shocking take. Good job. Um, but back to you and me and decorating, you have far less excuse than me. You have an S.O. in the house. It's one-to-one, by the way, Sabres just scored. You have an S.O. in the house. You have a woman there that should be pushing you. You should be pushing her together. This is like a couple couple type of thing. We've both been busting each other's chops. Like, what's going on here? All the stuff is down. We're looking at it. Let me ask you this. And no one's doing anything. You 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 can ask me. You can ask me when Brad Powers is on more about Christmas decorations because right now we're going to get to Brad inside of five. It's the Cofield and Company show here at the uh, Battleborn Sports Hour presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyer 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. That almost got really ugly as we went to break. Willie and I all over each other because neither one of us has started the holiday decorating. I think you're mad. I think you're mad at yourself. That's the thing. I think you're mad at yourself. We need to bring in Brad Powers. I know he's a Halloween guy. I don't know if he's a holiday season guy. Brad, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? All right. There's something weird going on here. We can't get organized enough. We both like the holidays, Willie and I. We got all this stuff to put up, and we can't get organized enough to uh, to decorate. So, I don't know. What do we do? Yeah, I haven't put, I haven't put up a Christmas tree since uh, I was uh, in high school. So. But you like Halloween. Uh, I like I like dressing up. Uh, I, oh, okay. I don't decorate for Halloween. Maybe, you don't decorate for, for for the holidays at all in any way, nothing. shape, or form. Nope. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. No. Nothing. Wait, I don't have time. Yeah, don't have time. I know. Well, yeah. you join the rest of the Bahamas. Bowl games. Bowl I know. Games. That's, uh, that's, that's a good my point. Holiday spirit. Bowl games. That's a good point. 
It's a good point. All right, let's win Put some money. Put up some goalposts. Put up some goalposts. Let's uh, let's win a little money. Let's start out with some Friday games around college football. Uh, first of all, what do we do with USC 34 against Colorado? Uh, not much. I mean, I will say this. Uh, looks like Jordan Addison and Mario Williams might come back for SC. If that's the case, I'm only with the Trojans. Uh, maybe pad, pad the stats time for uh, Caleb Williams and his Heisman campaign. So he had to get involved, pizza bet, USC. So interesting matchup here in town. Fresno and UNLV, you going to go to the game? Yep, I'll be there. Okay, should All be right. a good show. Could be an interesting one. If it's a shootout, I don't know if that bears well for UNLV. Rebels are getting nine and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I lean UNLV. I think there's correlation uh, here to the under as well. You're right. I'm not sure that they can win a shootout. Uh, that would be more Fresno's game. So I think dog and under makes a lot of sense, and that's what I bet on Sunday. Um, you know, line moved against me as far as the total a little bit. Uh, I did take 10 with UNLV as far as the point spread. But uh, still lean that way. I, I do expect a really good game. And obviously, UNLV's running out of opportunities to get the ball eligibility here. Obviously, they'll be favored in their next two games. But um, this is still one that they obviously like to have. Uh, Nevada's struggling. They're running into a really tough part of the schedule. Uh, Boise coming up this weekend. Wolfpack are at home. They're catching 21. Yeah, I didn't bet the game. Uh, Boise State, really disappointing performance, losing outright to BYU last week. Probably should have been a worse final. Uh, the BYU missed some scoring opportunities there. With that being said, you know, uh, I, I can't talk myself into Nevada. I mean, I guess if I had Willie's money, uh, I would put, you know, pizza bet on the Wolfpack. I know. It's uh, unlimited funds. You can bet like you want. Um, all right, let's go to Sat- <laughs> let's go to Saturday's games. Brad Power seven up on Twitter. BradPowerSports.com. I really meant that. Um, Wake Forest against Carolina. Carolina's been on a roll. They looked so weird at the beginning of the year. Everyone thought disaster for UNC, and all they do is win. Wake is four here. Yeah, I think it's going to close higher. I, I like Wake here. Uh, I think the value would be Wake being minus ten in turnovers the last two games. So. I mean, hopefully they can clean that up this week. If they do, I think they're the right side. North Carolina, believe it or not, 8-1 straight up. I don't even have them in my top 40 in my power ratings. So, I mean, that tells you what the market thinks of North Carolina. Brad, I got two for you, and I can't. I, I don't think that you'll be surprised with the early game that I'm going to bring at you since I asked you about them earlier this season. But Liberty just continues to play impressive football. Now they're taking 14 and a half points with them. I believe that's where the line is to see uh, Jim Moore in Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, flat spot a little bit for Liberty. Uh, maybe not even a little bit, maybe a lot. Coming off that big win against Arkansas. I mean, Connecticut's going for ball eligibility. They'll be fired up. The problem I have with Connecticut is, I mean, go look at their last four or five games. They've been significantly outgained in a lot of those games, even though they've won a few of them and they've covered all of them. So what I did was, you know, early money came in on Connecticut. Drove it through 14. I laid 13 and a half with Liberty. So I'm going to stand pat with that position. Later that night, UCLA, Arizona, high-powered offense of the Bruins, 30 points in each game this season, 12 straight dating back to last year. I mean, this is just such an impressive team, and now Arizona's got to go into the Rose Bowl. I, I don't mind laying the points with the Bruins. Your thoughts? I'm not there on that. I mean, along with the Wake Forest North Carolina game, I mean, this is the highest total we've seen in college football so far this season. Uh, I'll root for points with you, so I, I'll t- I'll lean over 77. Shops, I'll point uh, right now 76 and a half, circa 76, so lean over there. Brett Powers with us, college football expert, bets the games, gives us his uh, leans and likes. 
on Thursdays. Letdown spot here for Notre Dame, or is uh, 15 about the right number against Navy? I mean, a lot of money on Navy. I'm part of it. I took 17 and a half on Sunday. I mean, tough laying points with Notre Dame. I mean, they're 0-4 against the spread as a double-digit favorite so far this season. They've lost two of those games outright. I mean, no, one of their non-covers is against UNLV, a game they easily should have won by 40-plus points. You were there. You saw it. I mean, they, they just couldn't get it. I mean, they're limited at quarterback. So I don't want to lay points in that regard. I certainly don't want to lay points in a flat spot off a big win against Clemson. And I don't want to lay points when the total is 39-and-a-half. So all that adds up to Navy covering the points right here. What do you think of Maryland against Penn State getting 10? Uh, I want to lay 10 uh, that's because that's what my numbers say. Although I will say, you know, Maryland's data points are a little skewed because they, they played, you know, a game and a half without their quarterback, you know, Tunga Bailoa. And then last week, you know, they were pretty much ineffective in the past game because of the win. So, uh, not one of my favorite bets, but I'm going to lean Penn State. Clemson suffers the uh, dream crusher. Do they bounce back strong minus seven against Louisville? I like that dream crusher. Uh, where have I heard that before? Uh, <laughs> old <laughs> material, but it's good material. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, tough one. I mean, I, I don't know how to respond, how they're going to respond. So, I mean, it's kind of unbettable for me. I mean, Louisville's been on fire here since. Satterfield, I thought he was going to lose his job. They won and covered four in a row. I mean, Clemson has won 38 consecutive games at home, but, I mean, heck, I mean, I don't know how they're going to respond to that because it's not often that they get really manhandled like they did last week in South Bend. So, total pass for me. Huge, you know, huge, huge loss. Um, Coastal Carolina loses Grayson McCall. Man, what a huh. – that was tough when I saw I felt bad because that's a fun team to watch, and the line plummets when that happens. Southern Miss doesn't necessarily have a tremendous offense to challenge, but what do you think in that one, or is that a game you just stay away from after McCall is gone? No, I, I, what I'm going to do is continue to let this line go down. Uh, you know, I did bet Southern Miss on Sunday. Keep in mind, this opened 14, so yes. it's moved nine points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see what Joe Q. Public does on Saturday. They're going to say, oh, Grayson McCall's out. Well, let's bet Southern Miss, uh, even though it's already factored in and then some. So I'm at the point now where I'm going to – I want to play back Coastal because Bryce Carpenter's their backup. He started more than 10 games in his career. He's got a lot of experience. He can't throw like McCall, but he can run, so – uh, I, I want to lay four. I'll put it that way. That'll be the buy price uh, to hedge back on Coastal. Two years from now, this could be the biggest game of this weekend if it was in the same spot because of a field of 12. Tulane is one and a half against Central Florida. I like Central Florida outright here. Wrong team favored. I mean, statistically, Central Florida is better in yards per play margin, yards per game margin, points per game margin, and they played a tougher schedule than Tulane. I think you're starting to pay a little bit of a premium on Tulane because they're the best ATS team in the country. They're 8-1 against the number this year. And plus, I, I think the market's downgrading Central Florida too much for John Rice Plumley possibly not playing. I mean, Mikey Keene was their starter last year, and he you know, more, more than drove the, the, the ship when it came to uh, the Cincinnati game, and then they won on the road with him uh, at Memphis last week. So I don't think it's that big of a downgrade, and therefore I see value in Central Florida. Oregon Ducks since the Georgia game, unreal, 40-plus points uh, every freaking game. It's a machine. Are you fully bought in, or can Washington cover the 13, maybe pull off the outright upset? No. I mean, they just can't. I don't see stops from Washington's defense. I mean, when, they, when Washington's defense had to step up in Pac-12 against the better offenses, UCLA and Arizona, I mean, I mean, they didn't stop those two offenses. So, I mean, how are they going to stop a better offense in Oregon? So, I am buying Oregon. 
And I'll say this, if Oregon wins out, I think they're in the playoffs. Uh, Even after losing their opening game by 46 points, I think they'll have enough good data points to make the playoffs. How many? If that were the case and it's 1-4 Georgia-Oregon, how many points would you need to get to take Oregon against Georgia? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, for uh, a good, good one. Uh, probably wouldn't bet it. I'd make the line 14 and a half. And I know okay. people are going to say, well, I mean, that line was 17. And, you know, in the opener, Georgia won by 46. How can you not make that higher? Yep. Well, because since that game, I've upgraded Oregon more. There you go. Brad Powers with us. Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. I like that he was like, that's a, that was a good question. Like, finally, Cofield with a good question. Okay. Um, can TC? I love doing this. Can number four TCU pull the upset on number 18? Te- this is absurd. Texas is seven against the Horned Frogs. No, I like Texas. Not only to win, but cover. Uh, I think TCU is the most fortunate team in the country. They faced four different backup quarterbacks in the second half of games due to injury. And even Spencer Sanders is banged up. Uh, another, so that'd be five banged-up quarterbacks in, in the second half of games. Texas is underrated, uh, and if we get their A game for 60 minutes, I think they can win this game comfortably. And, and keep in mind, TC got a key entry. They're Johnson, their wide receivers, mispracticed earlier this week. I'm not sure he's going to be 100%. I mean, that, that'll greatly impact their pass. I'll be watching Alabama-Mississippi. It's 12 on one side. Boy, if Alabama lost again, they actually might be in the running for the Las Vegas Bowl, which would be really cool. Um, but I've also got a horrendous number of 40-1 to 1 for Alabama now to win the national title. They need a lot of breaks. What happens here? What happens minus 12? I don't know. I mean, typically Alabama off a loss is a play on because they've covered eight in a row in that spot by an average of 11 points per game. But most of the time they're still in the national title picture, and I'm here to tell you, I think that 40-1 to 1 might be more like, you know, expensive toilet paper because I don't see a pathway necessarily for them. So, with that being, you know, in mind, I I don't know what their thought process is, and to me, it's an unbettable game because I do think they have significant advantages over Ole Miss, and I think Ole Miss is generally speaking overrated due to a soft schedule. But I I'm not there on either you know side here. Do you have a lean or like on the NFL game tonight? It's Falcons two and a half Panthers. You know, what? I was really bad, and by bad, I made a bet that I shouldn't have. No. I teased <laughs> side. And total. I took it because oh, of the weather. Wow. I took the dog, Carolina, plus 8.5, and, and I teased the total up to 47.5. So under and dog. Look correlated. at you. Look at you. Uh, do you have a partner book you'd like to uh, pimp some same-game parlays for? <laughs> no. That, but <laughs> that keep in mind, anyone listening out there, yeah. I don't recommend that. That's terrible right. betting advice. That, that's a terrible you know, negative EV bet long-term, but I think tonight it can win. We can't let you go without asking about the dysfunctional bowl, uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. You know what? I mean, the Colts just took a lot of money today because, of, you know, the announcement of the two wide receivers out for the Raiders. I I can't. I mean, I can't bet it. I mean, I bet it plus six because when that news broke, I knew the line was going to move. But right now, I mean, I just who knows? I mean, even with a plus six ticket, I, I, I'm oh not God. particularly you know thrilled betting the Colts. The look on Cofield's face. Yeah. Brad, you're awesome. <laughs> uh, this will be the first of about seven times I say this. Happy holidays, buddy. <laughs> Happy holidays. There he is. Guys, take care. Brad Powers, the most festive show in all of Sports Talk Radio. Cofield and the company. Willie and I are festive. We're, we're, we're jolly. We're jolly. That'll do it. Get on down here to Silver Sevens. Hockey game's going on right now. For every Golden Knights game, 77-cent beers. 
for every NFL game. 77 cent beers as well. Thanks to uh, Reno for checking in, ESPN Reno. You can hear the archives of the entire three-hour show at lvsportsnetwork.com. What are you doing tonight? You know what? I am getting ready to meet a local coach who teaches a sports leadership class at a high school nice. for a project I do every single year with him, and I'm picking up some mental health essays, and then I'll be speaking to the class next week. Awesome. Good job, guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you.